Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Kelly Jackson, Chief People Officer of Luno. Luno is a leading global cryptocurrency company with over 9 million customers in 43 countries and a team of over 700. As an award-winning Chief People Officer for Luno, Kelly sits on the senior leadership team with a global remit. She is a strategic partner to the CEO, the board and the senior team, contributing to the overall strategy and translating this into a pragmatic people strategy using design thinking. She is here today to share her story and all the many lessons along the way. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Nadia, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for you to share some of your experiences with us. But before we go into it all, tell us about your role at Luna and what it actually entails. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Chief People Officer, I think, is always quite a grand title for looking after essentially anything that goes into the candidate experience or indeed the employee experience. So at Luno, our employees are called Lunauts. And in essence, what I deliver via my amazing team is anything to do with recruitment or people partnering or internal communications, office management, people development. When I joined, we were about 11 people in the people team and we could all fit in a photo that someone didn't have to stand about half a mile down the road to take. We're now about 40 coming up to. And one of the things that I'm I guess proudest about in terms of the team's evolution is this concept of creating the people community team, which encompasses social connection, well-being, belonging, which I know is close to both of our hearts, internal communications and CSR or charity. And we structured that team very much in response of both Luno's remote but reachable approach to work but also the needs of Lunauts. Um, we do a lot of listening to them via our engagement surveys. And I think those four elements were, came out really key in terms of what they wanted to fo- or what they wanted us to focus on. So if you are a Lunaut or a candidate, you are going to touch my team at some point. That is so, so interesting because already that is standout. You've got a 40 people team 
for a company of just over 700 like mm -hmm. if we were actually to compare that to other businesses and business sizes would there be such a focus on people this is really unique you know this is a real yeah. real standout and every time i'm in contact with any of you at luno i always see the remote but reachable which again is such yeah. a, a unique point to put your people first and make sure that they don't lose that that people connection but we can work in in ways that work for everybody which is brilliant to see yeah we were really deliberate and took our time to think about remote but reachable it, it can be quite challenging to to kind of run a business and you hear in the press you know google are doing this facebook have chosen to do that we're getting rid of offices everyone can work wherever they want in the world and actually for us at luno we had to start from well what's going to work for our business and let's not get swayed by what's going on outside and that led us to a set of key principles again through listening to luna and our leadership and saying well what are the best bits of life pre-covid and that was some of the in-person connection but what are the great bits of life that we've experienced during covid and the flexibility and, and being able to work where we choose has been a big part of it so early days but we hope that it's going to be a, a successful model for us yeah and it definitely seems so so far um now before we go any further tell the audience about luno itself and what what is it that you actually do and what makes you so unique Yes, yeah, so Luno's mission when I joined was to upgrade the world to a better financial system. We've recently refreshed it to be to put the power of crypto into everybody's hands, but both very much align towards the same common purpose, which is essentially we believe in the power of blockchain and crypto to decentralize finance and ultimately empower individuals to take control of their own wealth Things like basic education system, fresh air, electricity, we see as essentially fundamental human rights. And Luno believes that actually financial independence and wealth should be the same basic financial uh, human right as well. So Luno's business model is essentially to be the mass market consumer app that makes it safe and easy to buy, store, sell crypto. And there's a lot of myths that or a lot of perceptions when you say crypto to people. I remember telling my dad that I was basically moving from a fintech company into a South African founded crypto company. And he just looked at me with this sort of puzzled stare on his face as if to say, are you sure you know what you're doing? And it's a common challenge that we come across that people perceive crypto to be quite a risky industry pretty volatile and so a large part of what makes luno special is the amount of effort and energy we put into education so if people go onto our app or our website there's a whole education portal and ultimately our job is to bring as many people into the crypto community as possible and the way we're going to do it is to be trusted and to be a guide because it can feel quite complex and i remember one of our team wrote an article about nfts or non-fungible tokens and you know, i don't know about you nadia but i just had not a clue what these were and just reading our team's content puts it in a really really simple way and that ultimately is going to 
bring more people into the community, which is going to have a huge social positive impact. It helps communities build their own wealth. Individuals control their own wealth. And particularly where, you know, the countries that we were founded in, they aren't as we experience the West. So you and I could open a Monzo or a Revolut or a Starling Bank app, all of which in 30 seconds. But there's a huge proportion of the society in emerging markets that are either unbanked or underbanked. So they don't have access to the financial system in the first place. So what's interesting is that in the West, we see crypto as an asset that we've got some disposable money. We want to invest it. Let's you know, put some of it into crypto, whereas actually in a lot of other countries, it's actually a payment mechanism. And when your country is run either by a corrupt government or you don't have access to a bank account or there's rampant inflation or there's exchange control, so you can't pull your money out of the country. These are huge social problems that we believe at Luno Crypto can help solve. And huge, huge problems to be solved. And we should all be much more aware of because you're absolutely right you say crypto and you know we're also mainstream aren't we oh that's a bit risky well, wait mm. a second let's actually reframe this look at what you're doing and the people that you're helping worldwide i think that's a much much bigger impact and huge mission that you're on and you know i love what you say about um you know financial inclusion and financial human rights because that actually is what crypto is changing at the moment. And it's really easy to pigeonhole mm. crypto being something you don't understand and therefore therefore risky. But actually, it's um, disproving a, a lot of that. And look, we can see it with Luno's huge successes. I mean, mm. the success has been phenomenal. And I know that you are super, super proud of it. And I'm sure that yep. is as well, hearing about <laughs> how, it's, how it's all changed. But within this phenomenal success of Luno, you speak of delivering engaged innovative and inclusive employee experiences which I'm sure is the basis of how you've grown to over 700 and still growing I wanted you to share a bit more of what that looks like for the individual as well yeah absolutely so a lot of our people experiences if not most of them are they start from the position of listening because we have such a diverse group of lunals we're in more countries than we've ever been We're hiring talent from so many different companies. People have different lived experiences and the whole remote but reachable is actually allowing us to access talented individuals in locations and from different backgrounds that we might not have even contemplated before because we were so fixed on having people within a commutable distance of an office. And it's very easy for teams to get quite inwardly looking and quite insular, really, in what they're designing. And the people team, although, you know, almost 40 people, is still only 40 people's worth of of lived experience. So we start from a point of listening. And that's either through our Luno Pulse, which is our engagement survey, which goes to the whole company. Or a really important channel for us is our belonging group. And the belonging group was set up in response to protests against gender-based violence when I joined two and a half years ago. And there were protests at the time in South Africa. And there wasn't really a channel or a mechanism for Lunauts to share how what was going on in the world was affecting them and their families. And the belonging group has evolved over the last two and a half years, but it remains a really important voice to tell 
me and to tell the people team and, and the senior team what's really going on for Lunauts things that we might not have even considered so to give you an example when we think about designing our social events it hadn't occurred to me that if we ran an evening event some of our lunauts in south africa might not be able to go not because they couldn't get to the event but actually because uber drivers would not want to drive them home to areas in which they lived so that excludes a certain group potentially from attending our socials building relationships across the business and being part of something so now we look at it and go right what can we do to solve for that problem you spoke a moment ago about financial inclusion and we've just launched an employee share plan well our parent company has and our parent company is based in new york and it's a fantastic opportunity to be part of the growth of Luno and the growth of the whole set of subsidiaries. But the original threshold in which you had to purchase financially excluded a large proportion of our Lunals, simply because you're looking at a New York-based company and then you're comparing that to the salaries in Malaysia or Indonesia and, and South Africa. So we've worked with the parent to lower the threshold. So again, it's a great example of collaboration between our parent company and Luno and responding to feedback from Lunauts. If we take COVID over the last couple of years, I genuinely believe we talk about the great resignation. The way companies have treated their employees during COVID will really drive whether they keep their employees or they will fall into the whole great resignation trap. And Luno's approach was always very people first so we would do things like introduced hourly covid leave so if you needed to do the homeschooling you could take these this leave that you didn't need to book through the system you could take it in hourly blocks it just took away the guilt that people felt when they were trying to balance either being school teacher or having to run errands for a family member or friend who had covid so that was one initiative that we did. Last year, we introduced Luno long weekends. So there were two kind of long weekends that we gave everybody the same Friday off. And for our customer success team that couldn't quite fit into that, they got two extra days leave. So a lot of it is just about being human and realizing that actually our company comprises beautiful humans and not robots and everybody has slightly different needs and we need we need to proactively go out of our way to understand what those are one final example for for you in the audience was we have the concept now of primary caregiver leave so when i joined we had the traditional maternity leave and paternity leave but actually if you're a gay couple who is bringing a child into their family well, you're stuck with the four weeks of paternity leave in the way that it was structured previously. And it might seem obvious when you look at a policy and go, oh, yeah, <laughs> actually, that's not particularly inclusive. But when it doesn't affect you on a day to day basis, you really got to work and take responsibility for working hard to uncover things that you would 
tend to just ignore, quite frankly, because it doesn't necessarily impact your immediate world. So, yeah, that's some, hopefully some examples for you. Oh, wow. I absolutely love all these examples because do you know what? It's going to get people thinking. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known that example you said about Uber's not taking people home to a certain part of the world makes total sense you know but at the same time before before i had kids i'd have been right there in an evening event now i'm out and it's not even mm. a choice of mine it's just like i can't i think it's really important that you're going so pro use the word proactively you're being so proactive to find out what are people's needs and how can you respond to them to include them i think this is really really standout stuff because your belonging group what it's done is it's really showing how you're building psychological safety within the company to know what the problems are. Very often I have questions from companies saying, how do we know? How do we get people to talk mm. to us? But actually having a group such as this, rather than sending one survey out and expecting people to talk to you, you've created a group in response to something that happened two and a half years ago. You've built this group. You've built safety within this group. You've allowed for people to not just put their hand up and say, this is a problem, but you've solved that problem. So there isn't any diversity fatigue at all within this group because people are seeing the response to problems. They're seeing the belonging group as a solutions group. And that is super, super powerful and really exciting for me to hear. And just amazing that you shared that with us because that's a huge part of what this is about. It's the how-to, it's, it's collaboration across the industry so we can all get better. And I loved within that you spoke about being human beings and that draws me to my next question because you talk a lot about showing up as a human being and I really love what you stand for with this so I wanted you to share that with the audience as well. Yeah personally I find it takes a lot of energy to come up with multiple personas so so when I talk about being human at work for me personally I have very much tried to be I guess to use the cliche term authentic, I have in my career tended to leave the office very loudly because like you, I'm a mum and I have a deadline upon which I need to leave. You know, it's ironic we talk about the office now. Now it's I must finish my call by this time to get her from the bus stop. But, uh, you know, for much of my career, it's actually no. Here are the times I can get in and here are the times I have to leave. And my team has always known my home situation because it's important, I feel, for me to role model for men and women that actually it's OK to have a life that isn't within the paid work environment. And at Luno, the reason I joined actually two and a half years ago was because Marcus, our CEO, talked about creating a culture where you could be the best version of yourself. And that really resonated with me because at Luno, we do a lot of work on self-awareness. We use a tool called the Enneagram, which is an amazing tool. And we use that to develop awareness of self and awareness of others. And we talk about growth and all of the opportunity that we want to give somebody to become that best self. And recently I, I got some feedback via one of my team from a new naught, so a new employee. And it was really the loveliest comment because they said they finally feel validated. And in previous workplaces, they'd felt misaligned with the culture and that they were the problem or that they were too soft. And she said she felt fully embraced by Luno and free to be herself in all her softy glory. And I just thought, 
actually for all of the things that we do at Luno, having that sort of feedback is amazing. But one thing, Nadia, that I'm grappling with, and it probably comes up a lot in what you talk to people about, is when we talk about being your best self, is that inclusive in itself? As I learn more and more, and I learn daily from Lunauts about their own backgrounds and how the world shows up for them. But when I think about my position where I don't have to code switch, I don't have to hide myself because I'm one of the most senior people in the business it's easy potentially for me to role model these behaviors you know if you're subject to black tax which was a term that the belonging group talked to me about the other week which is particularly in South Africa you know you send back a proportion of your income to help your families out I don't have to do that So all of my energy at work can go into being the best possible version of myself because I'm not spending any energy or very little energy on all of these things outside of work. So, you know, we're both very much aligned on Luno is a culture where we are inclusive. We do want to create a sense of belonging. But actually, as we think into the future about designing these inclusive experiences, it's actually where's the equity? So how do we build in equity into these so that everybody at Luno gets the opportunity to be the best version of themselves as far as they want to be? And that's the key, isn't it? It's as far as they want to be. And I think that there's some really nice sentences that people put out there, but what you've just done there is you've broken down one that we are, we're actually saying quite a bit across this industry now, which is a great Mm. first step, but actually breaking it down to the individual. And that's all we can do for any of this is really celebrate that individuals have individual circumstances and individual desires and I really learned that through my maternity and paternity series of this this podcast Mm. where you know the resounding message from all the the mums and dads across the industry not all of them but a lot of them telling me look it, it depends on who you are and what you want, what your life actually looks like and what support you have and Mm. whether you want to come back to work and actually whether you want to stay within work through the whole time but want help with that. And I think that that really opened my eyes to everyone does have completely different situations and what you've just shared there on the black tax that they they taught you about from the belonging Mm. group. Again, that's something that I've just learned today and, and it's really it's so important that we become more curious and that's something else I learned from these podcasts. We must yeah. be curious outside our own experience so that we can include others experiences. And, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about the privilege of seniority in my industry, in the recruitment industry. I now do a lot of work for gender equality and for inclusion. And I'm talking to, to lots of different people about how we can make that happen but I'm in a position of privilege now because I've been in the industry for 18 years and I'm now C-level within a business that I'm co-founder of. So of course I can say what I want to say, you know, and actually it's about how do I encourage the men, women, they of the industry when they join and when they've got a voice that needs to be heard. And I think everything that you've said today is really resonating with me on that and must be listened to and heard by other people of seniority privilege to welcome in the the layers below yeah and there's so much we don't know because we only have our own experience to go by so one of the things i'm most proud of is that this group feel like as you said earlier safe enough 
to share and sometimes some really uncomfortable truths you know and it's our responsibility as you said to listen without defending yeah I'm, I'm really passionate about that in the fintech women walk the talk the book I write about don't listen to rebut listen mm-hmm. to act and I think leaders find it so easy to to excuse away bad behavior or or to find a reason or a cause or to disprove the way you heard or felt something and that's just defensive and, and coming from actually a position of vulnerability rather than a position of strength so I'm really pleased that you mentioned that because everything that your belonging group sounds like is that it's all about tell us everything and we'll act upon it and um, it's brilliant the examples that you've shared with us and th- there's something else that I wanted to to go into on yeah. this podcast as well because there's an area that is often overlooked that we've spoken about and you know I'm often talking to people about inclusion and individual experiences in businesses and it's single parents that are often overlooked so I wanted you to share your thoughts on that yes and this one resonates with me because I've been a single parent as you know for about nine years now and ironically my career took off at the point of separating so read into that what you want but it definitely turned me into a bit of a workaholic which um, you know had a had a knock-on effect on on my career in a, in a very positive way and nine years ago single parenting was definitely not the norm I became a single parent when I was a HR director a few companies back And if I looked around at the peers in my company and the peers in my network, I don't think I could count on more than one hand how many single parents there were. And what that does is create a sense of isolation, because what your challenges are, you don't have very many people that you can share those with from the random childcare setups that you have to go through to getting in the lift at half five because you have to leave and a male colleague saying, oh, are you leaving already? When they have a partner or wife at home that doesn't work or both parents work and they can afford a nanny and I could do neither or had neither. So like a lot of minority groups in terms of there are few people in that group it can feel pretty isolating and reflecting back over those nine years the most important thing is having a manager who is empathetic and you used the word earlier curious being curious about how your personal situation impacts your ability to be successful in your job and I think that speaks beyond single parents. It speaks to, to every human, you know, that you have in your team. It's that curiosity and empathy. But it definitely means you face challenges that others don't. And what I would have loved at the time is a network where there was a big flag to say, <laughs> I'm a fellow single parent, because there's just a in-group that you can create, which helps to be that inclusive and just a support network essentially and i think what's really eye-opening about that is you know, you, you're so right nine years ago it was totally different now there are support networks but i wonder what instances of people's lived experience where there isn't a support network and how can we create that and i, and I think that's the really resounding point 
that, that I hear that people are from so many different backgrounds have challenges that previously we wouldn't thought about and now we must if we're going to be authentic across this industry to ensure that we are leveling that playing field we are supporting people in ways that allow them to be the best they can be or want to be at work this is what we need to open our eyes to and thank you for sharing your experience on that because I often feel in, in my podcast when people come on, they share a lived experience, how it affected them, but how they've also overcome that challenge and knowing what would have really helped them overcome that challenge mm. is nothing is more powerful than that because it just shows that we're not alone. No. And I think my experience of being a single parent, the work I've had to do is get over the shame that you experience when you're not part of the traditional in this case family setup and that again shame is incredibly isolating i think the more i can share about my journey and support my team in whatever their personal circumstances and speaks to being loud as a leader about the flexibility required i am going to work from home again slightly ironic now with covid but you know, setting the precedence, someone has to set the precedence to allow others to follow. And if that's me, then I'm very, very happy to be that person. And I think the inspiring thing about that is there'll be so many people listening to this that will probably play that bit back and now reach out to you because already you're, you're building your, your own community, the community that you, you wished was there nine years ago, but will be here now for people that need it. And that's the, the most powerful thing, I think, yeah. about these podcasts. Um, yeah. Because there will be other people that feel othered on this and, and mm. knowing that they can reach out to you, it, it'll be an empowering thing for them. So again, I really thank you for sharing your own lived experience. And it, it kind of takes me on to the, the last question of this podcast, yeah. because I always love it for people to leave call to actions, because yes. these pods, they're about walking the talk. They're about listening, learning, going and doing something off the back of them. So my question to you is, what is your final call to action with regards to what more we should all be doing for a true, authentic workplace inclusion? Yeah, great question. I would love the call to action to be everyone starting from a place of asking why not. I think if we're going to dismantle inequities in very powerful systems, we have to be curious about why things exist in the way that they do. And you, again, you mentioned curiosity earlier, Nadia, but starting from a place of openness and questioning actually leads you to a position that you might not have even considered before. And it might feel that you have made the smallest change or the smallest tweak to a policy or an experience, but the impact that that can have on the people that you work with and the wider community can be monumental. And I always like to paraphrase Brene Brown because she is my hero, <laughs> but she often speaks about being here to not to be right, but to do right. And I think that's the most important mantra, which is I'm not here to get things right. I am definitely not likely to succeed at that. There is so much I don't know. I am going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. But actually, when I know that I've done that, 
then how do I remedy that? How do I do right by others rather than protect the fragile ego that has to be right all the time? And that is super, super powerful for us to end that on because that, that in itself is inclusive. Everyone can get on board with that. There's no one that can't. Um, we can all we can all take that on board into our day in day out. So, I cannot thank you enough for joining me on the Women of FinTech podcast series. It's been so brilliant learning about Luno, what you've done with it, what's happening in the people team, what makes it such a brilliant place to work. I, I think the belonging group has just been phenomenal and standout examples that we can all learn from. But it, the whole thing has been brilliant. So, thank you so much for joining me. Such a pleasure, Nadia. Thanks for having me.